What's going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Nittany Lions, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, March 31st. Congratulations. You made it to the end of another month, and we're getting ready to flip those calendars to the month of April, and who knows what April will bring. Let's hope it brings something to talk about moving forward through whatever it is we're dealing with right now. I'm Kevin McGuire, the host here on Locked On Nittany Lions, inviting you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss a single episode, but you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and whatever else you may be using to listen to your podcast daily. We also invite you to be a part of the show, and the best way to do that is to send your questions and your comments to us on Twitter, at Locked On Nittany, and check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Nittany. We also have a YouTube page, so if you like listening to podcast audio in your YouTube browser, you can go to YouTube.com and search for Locked On Nittany Lines. We should pop right up there for you, and we'll have some clips up from this episode coming up today on the YouTube channel. Coming up in today's episode, we are going to talk about the latest Big Ten championship odds. We'll say some nice things about Rutgers, and we're going to talk about that NCAA decision that came out yesterday regarding the scholarship situation for all the student-athletes affected by the coronavirus shutdowns for the winter sports and the spring sports because that news came out as we hit record yesterday. So let's get into everything we've got on the table today and let's get going. On Monday, the NCAA officially made their decision on what they were going to do with scholarships for anybody who was affected by the coronavirus pandemic shutdowns that really brought a halt to the entire NCAA collegiate model in so many respects. And of course, uh, the basketball tournaments had been canceled. The hockey tournaments were canceled. Everything was canceled as far as the NCAA is concerned out of precaution for the safety and health of everybody involved from the athletes to the coaches, the trainers fans attending these events, and anybody else that I may have missed. So we kind of expected what was going to be happening, and we've kind of touched on this before, but on Monday, the NCAA made their decisions final. Basically, what it comes down to is any winter sport athlete is basically done. They're not going to be getting an extra year of eligibility. But if you're a spring athlete, a spring sport athlete, student athlete, you were going to be getting some good news because the NCAA is going to give everybody that's involved with a spring sport an extra year of eligibility. That's great news. It's sort of what I expected was going to happen. I thought they were going to be much more uh, lenient to any athlete that takes place in the spring semester. And while it's a disappointing end for any winter athlete like basketball players, hockey players, uh, their eligibility is not going to be reinstated. And now it's unfortunate, obviously, because you know a lot of players like Lamar Stevens at Penn State were really looking forward to getting a chance to play in that NCAA tournament. That is no longer a possibility because basketball players and any other winter athlete will not be getting an extra year of eligibility. Now, what it means for spring sports athletes is, again, you're going to be getting an extra year of eligibility. That's great, especially if you're a senior and you're going to be coming back for another year. You'll get another chance to compete on your field or on your court, whatever the case may be. And the, the even better news, and this is a really positive development I thought from the NCAA, is any senior that comes back, their scholarship 
while it's still going to be honored, is not going to count against the scholarship limits. And I thought that that was a wise decision to do too. I mean, this is a one-time situation really where this is going to be an issue. And I think it's the right thing to do because I think um, you know, certainly for any student athlete that's getting started up in the spring, I thought that it was very unfair to just have their entire season basically wiped away. I, I think the, that was the logic behind the decisions too. That's why winter athletes are not getting it. At least they got to play if not all of their regular season, the majority of their regular season. Again, it is unfortunate for a winter sports athlete, but you know, I think it was the right call in the end. It was the most logical call, I should say. I think that's the way I would have ruled on it, uh, giving the spring student athletes their extra year, uh, saying, uh, unfortunately, tough luck for any winter athlete. And then, of course, any seniors that are coming back or anybody, redshirt juniors coming back, their scholarships shouldn't count against the scholarship limits. Again, it's a short-term issue, and I don't really know if it's really something that we should be calling an issue. I think it's the right decision to be made. We criticize the NCAA for a lot of things, but this is not one that I was going to criticize them on. I didn't criticize them for their shutting down of the various tournaments and sports that were going on. Maybe you can draw some criticism about the timing of everything, but in the, in the end, I feel like they made the right decisions, and I feel like this decision on the scholarship situation was the most logical way to go about it. And I think it was, you know, I don't know if I'm going to say it's the most fair way to go about it, but I just feel like that's how I would have ruled. So I'm going to give the NCAA props for, to in my mind, doing the right thing. So I think overall, I think uh, we've got this issue settled and we can all move on. Uh, we can bid our winter athletes a fond farewell and best wishes, especially if this means that they're not going to be coming back for another year. So again, Players like Lamar Stevens and any other senior that isn't going to get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. It is a crying shame. It really is. But uh, I think the right decision was made. Now, what this means for football, really nothing. Uh, football is a fall sport, so it wasn't really going to be impacted anyway. Uh, I know some questions may come about as far as, you know, if you really want to dig deep on this, you know, a, a student athlete who decides to transfer uh, for, to another football program during this or after the spring football practices, there are still some questions that need to be answered there. I don't think it's really going to impact the scholarship issue. I don't think it's going to come into play for football. But the NCAA does have some decisions to make regarding football, and I suspect that they'll come probably at a later time. And it's something we've talked about before with the uh, possibility of having additional practices. We talked in yesterday's podcast about the possibility of actually playing the college football season beginning in July. I don't think that that's going to happen. My buddy uh, Barrett Salee, he covers college football for CBS Sports. He does some stuff on CSXM. Uh, he put out something on his Instagram feed saying that the state of Virginia has a stay-at-home uh, order into effect that goes into June. So we're starting to see this a little bit more and more, and it just suggests more and more that even if the college football season uh, is adjusted. It's not going to be adjusted moving forward. <laughs> I don't think you can push the season up. And we discussed a lot of the reasons why you can't do that. And I just feel like you need to have proper time to get teams together, uh, organize the activities, get go through the training, get everybody in shape. You just can't do that by moving the college football season up. But we do need to get a ruling from the NCAA, I think, at some point on whether or not they're going to allow for additional practices. I think a lot of coaches would probably be on board with that. 
And again, I don't know if I necessarily think you need to do that, or at least I don't think you need to hand them too many more practices. But I do think that that's probably going to be the next logical step, uh, allowing for additional practices and maybe a mandated by the conference. I don't know, but I think that the NCAA certainly needs to make a ruling on that at some point. And it would help if they make that ruling relatively soon. I don't know how soon you need to make it, but I would rather have it that information as early as possible now so that everybody can be prepared for the fall and the summer if they need to. If you're like a lot of people right now, you're probably stranded at home, whether you're working from home or you're just sitting in isolation. The odds are you're probably putting on a couple extra pounds. Let's all be honest. I mean, you probably take a couple extra trips to the fridge every now and then, and it's okay. I've worked from home. I've been there. I've done that. I know what it's like. But maybe now is the time you're starting to think that, hey, geez, I may be stuck around here at home for a while. How am I going to stay in shape? I don't want to spend thousands of dollars on an exercise bike. The gym's closed right now. What do I do? Well, the good news is, echelonfit.com is here to help you out. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their X1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. They're so confident that you're going to love Echelon that if you're not 100% satisfied, they're going to arrange to give you your money back. You can join hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with the Echelon bikes right now and you don't have to pay a ton for a Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. All you got to do is go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L to learn about their limited time, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. It's Echelon. It's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-F-L. Last week on the podcast, we got a chance to look at some of the early college football playoff odds just to reach the four-team college football playoff at the end of the season for the 2020 season. And we noticed that Penn State had some pretty decent odds on the board. Not one of the top four teams to reach the playoff, but they were certainly on the radar. They had some pretty decent odds, and they were the second best team among Big Ten teams on the college football playoff radar, according to the sportsbook Bet Online. Well, this week, BetOnline has come out with their conference championship picks or their odds for the upcoming season, the 2020 season. And to the surprise of nobody, Ohio State is still your favorite in the Big Ten as far as the betting is concerned. But I was very interested to see that Penn State didn't have the second best odds to win the Big Ten. And that's surprising to me because they had the second best odds from the Big Ten to reach the college football playoff, according to the same exact sports book. Now, things can change over the course of a week, so I don't know how much of that was in play over the past week, but I found it very interesting that Penn State comes in with the fourth best odds to win the Big Ten this upcoming season. As I said, Ohio State is the favorite to win the Big Ten. No real surprise there with all the talent that they have. They've won the last couple of Big Ten titles, and they look very strong uh, as a candidate to reach the college football playoff this upcoming season. In my mind, and I've said this time and time again, and I feel like I've said it the last couple of years, Ohio State is going to be the team to beat. does not mean that they can't be beaten, but they are going to enter the year as the favorite. And I see no reason to really suggest that that's going to be changing anytime too soon. So 49 odds for Ohio State to win the Big Ten. Not real surprising. Uh, it was actually kind of to be expected, I think, as far as that's concerned. But what surprised me was that Michigan comes in with the second best odds at 7-2. to 
Now, I'm very curious about this because, you know, Penn State and Michigan had relatively uh, the same or within a, a very small fraction of the same odds to reach the college football playoffs. So it's not necessarily uh, a shocker that Michigan comes in slightly ahead of Penn State on this early betting board to win the Big Ten title. We also know that Michigan is tending, uh, Michigan's one of those programs that will tend to get uh, a little bit more favorable odds just based on the number of people that will tend to bet on Michigan. And a lot of people think, you know, maybe this will be the year that Michigan finally beats Ohio State. But the odds tell me, that there are enough people out there who are going to put some money on Michigan just to kind of maybe go against the green with Ohio State because I think there's more value in not betting on Ohio State. You know, unless you like guaranteed money or more likely money, <laughs> I think Ohio State's a safe bet. But if you want to get a little bit more bang for your buck, you're going to go with another team. And Michigan would be a pretty uh, easy name to go with that route. I mean, obviously, you figure that Jim Harbaugh is probably going to have to beat Ohio State at some point. Maybe this will be the year, although we'll see. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, you know, Michigan's still going to be a pretty decent team. And if they work through their schedule, uh, they get the Penn State game at home this year. You can start to see a possible path to Indianapolis for that Big Ten title game. And if they get there, they will probably be the favorite uh i think any team that comes out of the big 10 east is probably more likely to be the favorite in that game so you can start to see why michigan would start to get some pretty decent odds to win the big 10 title again nothing real shocking and then penn state still doesn't come in with the third best odds the team ahead of them is wisconsin getting nine to one odds and this kind of makes sense too because wisconsin's coming out of the big 10 west they should be the best team in that division it might be a little bit more competitive this upcoming season, but I do think that Wisconsin is still going to be the, the most consistent threat out of that division. So I could easily see them getting back to the Big Ten title game. And again, the way that they played last year against Ohio State, it's very encouraging. It suggests that Wisconsin is not going to be afraid of the big stage for sure. And if they reach that point, they probably have a, had a pretty successful season running the football, playing some defense, the kind of things that make Wisconsin successful. You throw them into a one-game scenario for the Big Ten title, it makes sense that they would have somewhere in the top three odds to win the Big Ten championship. So again, if you're looking for value, return on your dollar, you're not necessarily going to go with Ohio State because you want to get something that's a little bit more lucrative if you want to go against the green and picking against the chalk of the Buckeyes. So Wisconsin makes pretty good sense. And at 9-1, to one, you get a pretty decent return on that as well. But right after that is where Penn State falls into the mix. And there is a sizable difference between where Penn State is compared with Michigan and Wisconsin compared to the next team that comes up on the board or the next few teams that come up on the board. Penn State at 10-1 to one odds. Not all that bad. It's just a little surprising that it's that low considering the same sports book had Penn State with the second best odds to reach the college football playoff last week. Uh, so again, things can change over the course of the week. I don't know if that was necessarily something that weighed in on this, but it is a little surprising to, to compare and contrast the, the playoff odds to reach the playoff uh, and the Big Ten title odds because I figured you're very more likely to reach the college football playoff out of the Big Ten if you win the Big Ten. Now, obviously, we know that there are exceptions to this, but I do feel it's uh, much more likely that if you win the Big Ten title, you're going to be in the college football playoff. So when I saw that Penn State had the second best odds from the Big Ten to reach the college football playoff, I just kind of assumed that they would have the second best odds to win the Big Ten title. But again, they have to get by Ohio State, and I guess that comes into the conversation and the equation as well. So, again, not too surprising that Penn State comes in at 10-1, to 1, considering that Ohio State is a 4-9 to 9 favorite to win the Big Ten. And then, as I mentioned earlier, there is a little bit of a gap between Penn State and the next few teams on the list. 
Iowa and Nebraska each come in at 16 to 1, followed by Minnesota at 25 to 1, Michigan State at 33 to 1, Indiana at 40 to 1, followed by Illinois, Maryland, Northwestern, and Purdue all at 50 to 1 odds, which takes us down to the bottom of the board with Rutgers at 250 to 1 shot to win the Big Ten title. So go ahead and put a couple bucks on Rutgers because. You know, in the grand scheme of things, you can probably afford to lose two dollars if you're going to get 250 to one odds. Hey, you know what? Why not? <laughs> Why not go for it? But there you go. Uh, those are your updated odds from Bet Online to win the Big Ten title in the 2020 season. We'll update and reflect on this as needed as the odds are updated. And as we get closer to the season, uh, things could change. We'll see what the what the public is thinking about some of these odds, and we'll see if there's any change on that moving forward. It's time now for America's favorite podcast segment, saying nice things about Big Ten teams. Everybody's talking about it, right? It's sweeping the podcast industry as we speak. Everybody who wants to be a part of it, well, okay, maybe not. Maybe I'm exaggerating just a little bit, but you know what? We can have some fun with it. We continue to say some nice things about every school around the Big Ten. We're focusing now on the Big Ten East Division, and we're going to start with a team we just you know, kind of ridiculed in that last segment, and I feel bad about that because we're saying nice things about them now. And uh, it's going to be a little bit hard for some people to hear, but we're going to say some nice things about the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And what I'm going to say about Rutgers is yeah there's a lot of work to do but I think uh, they've made a pretty decent hire with Greg Schiano coming back to the program to potentially tap into some of the roots that they have had in their past he was a major reason why Rutgers was so successful during their Big East heyday when they reached to their new heights and it really kind of helped get them into the Big Ten obviously since Greg Schiano left there were some down years <laughs> there's no question about that at Rutgers but it wasn't all rock bottom. This is a program that certainly is not quite on par with what you expect out of a Big Ten team, even at the bottom of the conference. But I think the fact that there is so much work to do, there's so much room for improvement. I think a guy like Greg Schiano can come in and start to command some authority and begin some respect moving forward. And he can always go to what he did at Rutgers before. And I don't know if everything's going to work as seamlessly as they probably hope that it will. And I would guess that Greg Schiano is smart enough to know that he can't do everything that he did back in the days of the, the old Big East. Remember, when Rutgers was winning in that Big East, it wasn't necessarily the Big East that I think a lot of people had come to know. You know, Miami wasn't there. Virginia Tech was ACC bound. Boston College was flying the coop to the ACC. The conference was bringing in some schools from the Conference USA. And yes, Louisville was a great addition at the time. And uh, Rutgers really capitalized on their big moment against Louisville by getting that number one New York audience in the primetime spotlight with their big upset against Louisville that one night. Uh, And that was a magical night for Rutgers. And of course, they're going to try and rekindle a lot of that magic. And it doesn't happen with a snap of fingers. That's certainly not it. He doesn't have an infinity gauntlet. His name's not Thanos. And he can't just uh, command that Rutgers is all of a sudden going to be inevitably good once again. But I do think that there's certainly something to be said about what Greg Schiano is already doing at Rutgers. Now, I kind of uh, raised an eyebrow at a headline recently, I think from NJ.com, suggesting that Rutgers was... And I'm paraphrasing here, and I might be uh, interpreting this a little bit more loosely than it was intended, but Rutgers was sort of capitalizing on the fact that this coronavirus pandemic has really 
been beneficial to Rutgers with what they've been able to do with recruiting. Obviously, if the NCAA shuts down recruiting efforts around the college football world, uh, you know, players and coaches can't be doing any traveling uh, to, to meet head to head or I should say face to face. And, you know, recruits can't go to schools and, and get a, a, an official visit in. Coaches can't go out and visit uh, recruits on the trail. And that, that is detrimental to many uh, right now. And of course, everybody has to deal with it. But I think for Rutgers, maybe it, I guess it came at the right time because you've got Greg Shiano, who's trying to reestablish some authority with that program and being able to secure some of the closer talent that they probably would have been targeting. That That's certainly a, a positive sign, I think, moving forward for Rutgers. You know, maybe they'll be able to recruit uh, a little bit more talented uh, coming in uh, during this opening uh, round on the, the recruiting cycle for, for Greg Schiano. And I think a lot of the times when you have a new head coach in a program, uh, there is going to be a little bit of a flash in the pan. And I think the key for Rutgers is to make sure it's not a flash in the pan. Maybe you'll, you'll get a couple good recruits in that first recruiting cycle, getting uh, some in-state pride maybe, and getting some excitement about that program once again in a, pro- a program that desperately needs it. And I think everyone can look to see what Greg Schiano had done before with this program. And, and that helps. I think that that can be something that they can build a foundation with moving forward. And I just I wonder what the ceiling can potentially be for Greg Schiano and Rutgers. Now, again... This is going to be much more difficult to have the same kind of success at Rutgers now compared to what they had when they were at the Big East and competing for Big East titles. This is a much different animal. You know, We've already talked so many times about how loaded Ohio State is year in and year out. Uh, Michigan, even though you know, people poke fun at the shortcomings of Michigan, there's a lot of good things that Jim Harbaugh has been doing with that program. And, of course, Penn State is not going to be going anywhere either. This is a program that James Franklin has really built into something that can be a little bit more consistently productive in so many ways. So Rutgers has a stack decked against them, or a deck stacked against them. <laughs> I knew I was going to mess that up when I said it, but you know, Rutgers has a lot of rungs on the ladder that they're going to have to climb. And you can obviously go one at a time. I don't think that Rutgers is going to be skyrocketing back into a conference title contention anytime too soon. But I do think that Greg Schiano is smart enough and experienced enough to understand what it's going to take to build these building blocks. Remember, he has had some Big Ten experience at Ohio State as a defensive coordinator. So, I mean, he already knows the recruiting grounds. Obviously, he was very aware of it, having the experience at Penn State. And, you know, he wasn't that far uh, when he was at Rutgers in the Big East. So, he he, he understands the territory that he's about to embark on uh, for a second time with Rutgers. Now, again, I don't know what the ceiling's going to be for Rutgers, but I know the floor is going to be much more higher on the elevation compared to where it has been. And to me, that is a step massively in the right direction for Rutgers and Greg Schiano. So we'll see what they do this season. I don't expect a whole lot of results in the win column, but I do think we start to see something turn the page a little bit for that program moving forward. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Nittany Lions. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. Wherever you may be listening, whether it's from home, maybe you are at work, Whatever the case may be, hopefully this episode kind of kept you occupied, kept you entertained, maybe provided a little bit of a distraction. 
everybody could probably use one of these times but i want to make sure that this is something that you continue to come back to and make sure it is still part of your daily life whatever that may be at this point by making sure you are subscribed on all your favorite podcasting apps such as itunes and google play and spotify and stitcher radio and iHeartRadio. you get the idea where everywhere you can listen to podcasts we also want to make sure we hear your feedback, so make sure you leave a rating, leave a review, let us know how we're doing, and we will thank you guys for the support because it does help with the placement on those various podcasting apps, and we can't appreciate you guys enough. We also want you to be a part of the show. The best way to do that is to connect with us on Twitter by following us at LockedOnNitney. We also have that Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNitney, and we have the YouTube channel. You can go to YouTube, listen to audio clips in video format, by searching for Locked On Nittany Lions right on the YouTube search bar. Should pop right up. If not, hopefully that'll be the case very soon. Big news on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're an NBA fan, you're going to want to tune into this. We've got Chad Ford, former ESPN analyst, getting ready for the NBA draft. Check out Chad Ford's NBA Big Board right now on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are so happy to have him be a part of the network. Really going to be an added boost to all of our NBA coverage. So if you enjoy NBA draft content, Chad Ford's NBA Big Board is live now on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm super excited to have him uh, on the team. But we'll be back once again with another podcast here on Locked On Nittany Lines. So make sure, again, you're subscribed. I'm Kevin McGuire. You can give me a follow on Twitter, at KevinOnCFB. You can check out my college football commentary over on NBCSports.com's College Football Talk, as well as on AthlonSports.com. We, I promise we do have content that will keep you busy as we wait for the next college football season. That's it for me, guys. Have a great day. Whatever you may be doing, whatever your situation is, stay safe. Be careful out there. Wash your hands, all that good stuff. Stay home if you can, and we will talk to you again tomorrow.